As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Relief line of soft gels. Plus CBD Relief is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients, including CBD, CBDA, and Levagen plus PEA. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And today's podcast is hot off the presses, breaking news. We're going to bring you updates on our Save Our Supplements campaign, our SOS campaign, because Congress is seeking to enlarge FDA's purview over supplements. And uh, as I've continually reiterated to you, it's truly an all-hands-on-deck moment. And many of you have responded to the call to go to drhoffman.com slash A&H. A&H stands for the Alliance for Natural Health, uh, who are upholding our right to access supplements of our choice and an organization that I uh, belong to, have belonged to it for nearly two decades. Uh, I'm a medical director of that organization and a board member. And so uh, today we're going to talk to Joe Twombly. Uh, Joe is the Deputy Director at the Alliance for Natural Health USA. And in this role, she literally roams the halls of Congress, uh, managing A&H's legislative and advocacy efforts. Uh, she has a background as a legislative assistant for a member of Congress, so she knows her way around. Uh, her background is in communications and marketing for nonprofit and for-profit organizations. She has a bachelor's degree in political science from Boston University, master's degree in global studies and international affairs from Northeastern University. And uh, she uh, is a key figure in our fight to preserve access to supplements of our choice. Uh, and today she brings us some rather encouraging news because I have to say that uh, I took action, like many of you did, and I wrote to my congressmen and women, and uh, I received very pro forma form letters. In fact, one was kind of insulting. Uh, it basically said, uh, thank you very much for your interest in health care. Uh, you know, we uh, in Congress are doing our best uh, to reduce the price of prescription drugs. And it, it, they sent out like a formula. They pushed a button that was totally unresponsive to our pleas to keep hands off supplements and not overregulate them, not regulate them into oblivion. So, uh, but there's some encouraging news because our voices have been heard. There's been a really an unprecedented uh, pushback against this legislation because people all over the country 
on writing their legislators and making their views known. And so it's not all for naught, as today's guest, Joe Twombly, from the Alliance for Natural Health is going to tell us. So, Joe, give us a little background on this. Uh, you know, some people accuse us of uh, being chicken little. You know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, send money, send money, you know, like a fundraising, yeah. like a perpetual fundraising cycle. But really, this is a little kind of a perilous time for freedom of choice for supplements, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, this is a real threat to um, access to dietary supplements. Um, so, uh, to, to give a little history on on kind of what's going on, um, Senator Dick Durbin, a de- Democrat from Illinois, you know, he has been trying to increase regulation and decrease access to dietary supplements for more than a decade now. So he first introduced legislation back in 2011 that was going to um, do this sort of mandatory product listing sort of sort of legislation proposal. Uh, so. It's extensive listing uh, regulatory requirements for dietary supplements that would be really hard for, for small and innovative companies to comply with. Um, and so we've been, you know, we killed that bill a decade ago, um, but we've always known that a threat is out there that he could bring this up again. And uh, we started hearing rumors sort of last year that he was trying to get this done and that he was going to either, you know, introduce a bill on his own or, he was going to try to attach this bill to some of their larger, larger package that had the pass. And so this April, Senator Durbin actually did introduce a bill that's sort of an iteration of his earlier bill that would provide this um, mandate for dietary supplements to have this extensive regulatory product listing with the FDA. Um, completely unnecessary as dietary supplements are overwhelmingly safe. Uh, but Senator Durbin introduced that. You know, obviously we oppose that. Um, but just having a standalone bill, it's pretty tough to get that moving and passed in Congress. So Senator Durbin sort of has uh, aligned with Senator Patty Murray, and she is a Democrat from Washington. But more importantly, she is the chair of the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. That's the health committee, and they have jurisdiction over FDA matters in the Senate. Incidentally, so, I have hey. a little bit of an insight on her sure. linkage to the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, OpenSecrets.com is a public forum that uh, lists contributions to legislators, uh, Senate, House, and local legislators. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, uh, Patty Murray, uh, received a grand total of one hundred sixty-nine thousand uh, six hundred seventy dollars from the pharmaceutical industry in the past year. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and, and by the, she's not really an outlier because there, there are people who receive more. Uh, Charles Schumer uh, from New York, Chuck Schumer, $282,890. Uh, so uh, yeah. this is a, the bias clearly is in favor of pharmaceutical products because have, uh, there's so much. I mean, how much money did A and H contribute to each legislator to, in effect, uh, get their attention? You know, it takes, it right. takes, uh, you know, a we fairly substantial, uh, you know, four-digit, five-digit contributions to, to, you know, it's like kind of a door opener. Like, hello, you know, we're going to pr- pay you a courtesy call, and by the way, we've contributed to your campaign. No, yeah, zero, Absolutely. zero dollars, right? So, yeah. okay, so, so I'm sorry, yeah, to interrupt so- you. keep going. Yeah, so Senator Murray, she saw an opportunity. She has this opportunity this year that um, the FDA, they collect user fees from drugs and from 
medical uh, devices and those fees, the authorization for FDA to collect those fees has to be reauthorized every five years by Congress. Right. So every five years, there's this big legislative package that they have to pass. So, Senator Murray, it's essential to the excuse me. It's essential to the survival of FDA because here's the statistic: exactly. a lot of people think that the FDA is a federal agency and it's funded by taxpayer money. Well, uh, its budget is about six billion dollars, and of that, forty-six percent, which is around I think two point eight billion, uh, is underwritten by the pharmaceutical industry for, as you say, user fees. I mean, it's not like, you know, they're, they're walking around and open up uh, suitcases of, uh, you know, $100 bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're actually getting paid by the industry, which they regulate. These are called user fees. When you apply for like a new drug authorization, um, this is, you have to pay to play. So, and so this bill, yes. it's got to pass. I mean, if this bill doesn't pass, it has it's, to pass. in effect, it's like, okay, there, goodbye FDA. They're, Yes, they're going to furlough staff, and they're already in the, the situation where FDA is going to have to furlough staff because they haven't passed the agreement yet, and it's getting pretty close. It, the, the deadline for the agreement to pass is the end of September. The agreement will expire on October 1st. So Congress really has a hard deadline. They have to pass this legislation by then. So, you know, Senator Murray saw an opportunity. She wants to... uh she wants to pass this mandatory product listing for dietary supplements, and she has attached that to her legislation in the Senate Health Committee, uh, this FDA user fee legislation that has to pass. So she attached it to her Senate user fee legislation back in May, and we, you know, have very strongly opposed it. We, we were in discussions with the Health Committee even before that, letting them know that we don't support this and all of the issues with the proposal. Uh, but she was adamant that she really wanted to attach it to to this user fee bill, so which virtually guarantees the passage um, of the user of the uh, of the um, uh, mandatory product yes. listing. Because I mean, exactly. what, we're not going to you know, uh, turn uh, FDA you're, into. You're going to shut down the FDA exactly <laughs> over over the dietary supplement. It's it's what's called a rider. It's a small yes. issue that's been attached to a big bill that has to pass. So the, the dietary supplements are a small little issue on a much larger bill running the FDA, basically. Um, luckily, the House, um, the House and the Senate, they each have their own respective FDA user fee bills. Luckily, the House bill, um, which uh, was introduced uh, in the House Energy and Commerce Committee, uh, does not have dietary supplements attached to it. They don't have this rider. Um, to mandate the dietary supplements providing extensive listings to the FDA. So that bill passed the House committee easily, and it passed the House easily. So the the House bill is good, and we, we would support that um, because we don't want dietary supplements wrapped up in this FDA user fee bill. It's not the proper process at all for this, for this sort of um, rider legislation. So um, I guess to give you – so that kind of brings you to two – up until last week. So um, to kind of give you the update as of last week, we, we really received some positive news. You know, I've been, we've been talking with congressional offices and we've been sending, you know, tens of thousands of letters to congressional offices in opposition to this mandatory product listing for, for dietary supplements. And, um, you know, we've getting, getting feedback sort of on, on both sides. Uh, but we finally received some positive news last week, which is really good. So, 
Um, Senator Burr, he, Richard Burr, he's a Republican from North Carolina, and he's the ranking member on the Senate Health Committee. And uh, that means he's the top Republican on the Senate Health Committee. He introduced new legislation that is um, the FBI user fee bill, uh, and it's clean. It has no riders. It does right. not have Which makes sense. supplement language attached to it. Yeah, I yes. mean, it's like, like, like so you know, let's let's, let's do us if we want, you know, if, we're, we're, if you want to look at the uh, <laughs> MPL, the mandatory uh, uh, public listing, uh, product listing, I'm sorry, uh, let, let it be a standalone bill, and then it can vote it up or down, rather than uh, yeah. hitching a ride on a bill which is virtually certain to pass, which must get passed, because we can't, you know, stop having an FDA in this country. Yeah, Absolutely. So that was a really positive um, step that, that, you know, he's basically saying that he doesn't support the current Senate user fee bill. And um, it also means that, you know, we have created enough controversy around this. We've told enough members of Congress and senators that we think this is super controversial and it shouldn't be included in this must pass legislation. So they're, they're hearing this. This is positive. Um, so he introduced this bill, you know, it's it's unlikely that his bill is necessarily to move because he is a Republican in the in the Democratic controlled Congress and uh, Democratic controlled uh, Senate, and so um, it's unlikely that you know Senator Murray and other Democrats would support his bill. But it's a message to say he he doesn't want these uh, dietary supplement legislation attached to the user fee legislation. Um, and Senator Murray, she responded to Senator Burr's uh, creating this clean user fee bill. And she issued a press release saying that she still is pushing for passage of her bill that passed the Senate Health Committee that has mandatory product listing for dietary supplements attached. And she thinks that Senator Burr should support her bill. But some more drama with this was that then mm-hmm. Health, Energy, and Commerce leaders, um, Commerce Committee leaders, so this is the committee that has jurisdiction over the FBI in the House, mm-hmm. they issued their own press release and said they're urging the F- the the Senate to quickly pass their FDI user fee bill, which didn't have any dietary supplement language attached to it, quickly because the FDA is at this point where we're, they're going to have to furlough right. staff, and an agreement has to pass. They, they can't so get hung saying, up you know, on this. this, can't, uh, this, this they yeah. can't perseverate because there's a deadline, and uh, literally they're having to furlough FDA employees. Uh, you know, it's very much like the the budget showdown at the end of the year. It's not, you know, the government shutdown, the government shutdown, the looming government shutdown. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they scramble and they pass some sort of, uh, you know, weak compromise. Right. Well, we hope it'll be. We hope that. <laughs> we hope it'll end up. So, you know, it was really positive news to hear all this, um, to, to hear that members of Congress are obviously hearing what we're saying, that this is a super controversial issue and it shouldn't be attached to this bill. Um Although it's, it's positive, I'll say it's not the end of the road. It doesn't mean it's not necessarily going to get attached still. So we have to keep, you know, keep talking to members of Congress and letting their, yeah, letting them know that we definitely don't want this attached because you just never know. I mean, once it gets attached to that final bill that's going to, the reconciled bill, then it's, it's going to be too late. So we need to keep, yeah. you know, putting it's, the pressure it's on It'll be virtually assured a passage. So listeners, I want you to go to your window and shout, I'm not going to take it anymore. No, actually, <laughs> rather than do that, because that would be the ultimate uh, act of futility, uh, go to drhoffman.com slash A-N-H. Uh, that stands for the Alliance for Natural Health. Or directly uh, go to anh-usa.org. Uh, 
uh, to learn how you can take action because we need your, your voices. And uh, it, it, this is not uh, an exercise in futility, fortunately. I mean, as uh, Joe Twombly is sharing with you, uh, we can make an impact if our voices are heard. And so much of what happens in Washington, we feel like, oh, my goodness, what are they doing now? They're just ignoring the people. But this is democracy in action. And when it comes to our neighborhood, and I don't, I don't care which political party you belong to, because, Joe, isn't this a bipartisan issue? This is not the Democrats versus the Republicans, although I think the Republicans are a little bit less into regulatory capture. They, they are perhaps a little bit more libertarian when it comes to government uh, edicts and government control, right? Yeah, no, but it is bipartisan. We do have both sides of the aisle, yes. Indeed. So, uh, you know, go to uh, a usa and let your voices appear. Okay, so just briefly, you, you're literally pounding the halls of Congress, and I know what that, that's like. It's kind of a thankless task because, you know, you make appointments and you want to talk to the legislator, but rarely can you talk to the legislator. So you talk to a junior person in the office. Sometimes the person looks like they're, you know, uh, 16 years old. Uh, you know, they're, they may be an intern or they may be a, a junior staffer. And uh, and you make your case and you hope that uh, your case will be filtered up to the legislator in question or be incorporated in you know whatever legislation they're proposing. Uh, but w- what's your elevator pitch when you you walk into the room uh, in a, a senator or a House of Representatives uh, representative? Well, so Senator Mike Lee, I'll, I'll say something he, he says. Um, he's been a big supporter of dietary supplements and, and natural health. He's a Republican from Utah. And he says, you know, regulation should be used to address real harm. That's his thing for when we're talking about this issue. And, and so in this case, dietary supplements are, are overwhelmingly safe. So they account for less than 0.1% of the adverse events that have been sent to the FDA. So that means the FDA has a lot of other issues that they should be focusing on, putting resources towards, taxpayer dollars towards. Before like like they getting the monkey on. vax here on time, like uh, getting infant <laughs> formula here on time, you know, things infant like that. Infant formula has definitely been, you know, one that's probably a huge one we're hearing about now. But I mean, even you think about uh, yeah, I mean, food safety in general, food poisoning is a bigger issue than dietary supplement safety. But, you know, along with obviously there's there's massive adverse events re- related to FDA approved drugs. So it just first and foremost makes no sense to have this regulation, additional regulatory uh, burden on an industry that's overwhelmingly safe to begin with. It's a waste of time and money. Um, it's also a waste of time and money. Uh, and taxpayer funds because the NIH already has a dietary supplement label database with over 125,000 product labels. So uh, taxpayers have already paid for a database of dietary supplement labels. Yes, it's completely redundant. And, and so you're saying, okay, let's spend tens of millions of more taxpayer dollars to create a completely redundant database. Um, Moreover, why this doesn't make sense for the public improving the public safety is that you, if we're actually concerned about dietary supplements that have harmful ingredients, those bad, bad actors creating those supplements exactly. 
are not going to register their dietary supplements and say, oh, oh, I've spiked my dietary supplement with something dangerous. That's yeah, not exactly that's just not going to happen. So, so like one of these fly by night operators is not going to say, oh, here's here's my ingredients list. Viagra, prednisone, uh, you know, uh, whatever, you know, they're not going to yeah. list those. Ing- they're going to do it no. on the QT because they're basically in a criminal enterprise anyway. It's it. I mean, I'm not going to this is very controversial, but it's a little bit like. You know, gun registration. Okay, like, will yeah. criminals uh, show up and say, "Oh, you know, I have a firearm. Uh, you know, I'd like to register with the federal government and the local authorities that I have an illegal firearm." I don't think so. It's one of the problems with gun. I mean, yeah. gun, for all the, the benefits so, I mean, that it would bring. I, yeah, right. When it comes to dietary supplements, I mean, A and H, we always say, you know, it's important to buy from reputable, reputable companies. And, you know, we, we even recommend some, and I know your organization, you, um, you always offer reputable companies, but, but anyway, bad actors. Yeah. It's not the, this is not going to help us out with bad actors. So, um, it's not going to make the dietary supplement, uh, marketplace any more safe in that way. Um, and then, so overall, you know, we, we obviously know that the FDA has, a history of overreach when it comes to dietary supplements. They have so many regulations, um, you know, against what dietary supplements can say and, and what's, what's allowed and what they say is a legal dietary supplement and not a legal dietary supplement. And so this obviously would create a list that would make it very easy for them to then eliminate anything that they don't think should be mm-hmm. offered as a dietary supplement. So there are a few, um, you know, things in, in particular that are currently in this sort of regulatory limbo, mm-hmm. you know, NAC and CBD, for example, uh, the FDA currently would say those aren't, uh, legally dietary supplements right now. They argue that they're not. And so if they had this list, then it would be, uh, they would have already probably eliminated mm-hmm. access to all of these dietary supplements. And we know in the future that they could also be going after things like high dose supplements that, you know, yep. the government might say, Oh, you don't need this level right. of a vitamin. Europe has uh, done so they that. Could then Europe has done that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Know, it, it's a little bit akin, you know, when World War II broke out, uh, everyone of German or Japanese nationality had to register. They had to register as a <laughs> enemy alien. And at first they said, look, this, this is not going to infringe on your civil rights. Uh, we just need to know, you know, just, let's just sign up, just register. Well, it was a prelude, unfortunately, to one of the, the saddest episodes in American history, which is the relocation of, uh, American Japanese uh, citizens, uh, or American citizens of Japanese origin to, uh, uh, Basically, concentration camps. I mean, they weren't exterminated, mm-hmm. but they were, you know, put out under harsh conditions in the desert. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So, registration sounds innocuous. In part two, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what happens should this pass. Uh, today's guest, Joe Twombly. Uh, Joe is the uh, deputy director at the Alliance for Natural Health USA, ANH-USA.org. Uh, and uh, she managed their their A and H legislative and advocacy efforts, and in fact uh, lobbies uh, on the Capitol, and uh, had some relatively good cautious optimism about uh, our ability to stop further encroachments on our right to access supplements of our choice. When we return, more on this subject. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. <laughs> 